If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cashback. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Good morning, millennials. Welcome back to the Morning Toast. Happy Friday, Friday. Gotta get down on Friday. We have made it through the week, our first full week back in so long. I'm it was actually lie. an okay for a first full week. It's always usually Difficult. the longest of all weeks, but this week was okay. But I am feeling it today on Friday. You want to know why this week? There was so much going on this week. Like, so much exciting news for us. to talk about so many TV shows. Like, ending, starting. It was just like a jam-packed week. I had my anniversary. Like, it was just, like, busy. How was your anniversary? Speaking of which, we recorded a very special Patreon episode yesterday with Claudia and Ben about their marriage, their wedding, the past three years, the past seven and a half years. And it's really quite beautiful. You guys were being, like, cute. Um, so head over to patreon.com slash morningtoast to take a listen. We're also filming a really fun vlog today. Yes, about that Patreon episode like we you know I always talk about how like I hated my wedding and I was like so miserable at my wedding and me and Ben um after our dinner last night we like laid in bed and watched our wedding video and we were like we need to stop like talking shit about our wedding like I, I forget because like I'm such a negative person like I only think about like the bad things like how I didn't like the way that I looked and just like I was miserable during the day we don't even talk about how I literally had such a beautiful wedding and like I'm officially stopping talking shit about my wedding it's not nice okay me and Ben made the decision we were like I was shook I haven't watched the video in so long and like I don't remember you know I don't remember anything I barely remember my wedding from three years ago but it was really a sensational beautiful wedding and I'm gonna stop talking shit about it it was wow that's really big of you yeah it was just I'm really focused on like how I looked I know. I mean, it's so hard not to be, but you looked so cute. Like, stop. No, I had a, some some like, regrets. It, it was like definitely like the la- the like a different phase of your life of my face. Like, and you were super young. Yeah, but you looked cute. Like, stop. You know, I'm officially done talking shit about my wedding. And like, your dress was so pretty, and so your hair is so beautiful, and you had your little tiara. Like, your yeah. makeup was on point. I don't know. I need to stop. Just stop. I'm yeah. stopping. Um, so it was actually a great anniversary. Me and Ben had like a lovely dinner. And then, you know, when we got home, things got steamy because we both literally like were so full and writhing in pain in bed. But that's just us, you know? Steamy. Steamy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, speaking of steamy, uh, we have to address the elephant in the room. Theodore Fitchman is not here for day two. I understand why he's not. Mm-hmm. I just want to call it out just in case. Like, I know a lot of people... I'm not even joking. Watch with their dogs, and their dogs 100%. get like so pumped to see Theo on the screen. They also watch with their cats. They I got do. I got so many beautiful messages. I'm not gonna lie. When the cat community cat, cat gate went down, I got, no, it's not a gate because you guys, the cat community is so cool, resilient. Took it in stride, laughing with us. Thank you. Made me think twice about what I said. I'm not going to lie. The way they reacted with such poise. That's the way to do it. Like, yeah. you know, is to change hearts and minds. Someone like, I got so many pictures of people's cats and they were honestly really cute. And people were like, we're laughing at today's episode. Like live. For, I love a, a group of people that can laugh at themselves. I mean, I can laugh at myself. The cat community has a sense of humor. So yeah, um, I, Theo, sorry, back to Theo. He's not here because Jackie and I have a jam-packed day full of plastic surgery after this. And Theo actually did not want to get Botox today. He said he's just been like overdoing it and he wants to take a little bit of a break. Got it. He has to listen to his body like we all do. He's such a blogger. He's always listening to his body. Yeah, it's important. It's so important. So we miss him dearly, but we have a great show for you and we can't wait to get into it. Other than that... There's a lot of news. There was a lot of TV on last night. A lot of TV. Real Housewives of New York recap and Keeping Up with the Kardashians recap coming at you. But I want to quickly discuss my journey re-watching Real Housewives of New York. I, by the way, like you need to do it because every time something happens, like I just like want to call you and tell you. And like you just need to do it so you can know what I'm talking about. But I just remember things so differently. And last night I got to the iconic Brass Monkey scene with Kelly Ben Simone. I saw your Instagram stories. And wow. I had... Totally, um, you just remember things differently, and that's not how I remembered it going down. It was seemingly out of nowhere. Like, Kelly was on the show for three minutes before she took Bethany down to the yeah, breast monkey. It was just like she, her and Bethany, like, weren't clicking. They were supposed to, like, have a meetup where sometimes the women do that and they, and they click, and it's just like, Kelly came in hot. No, by the way, Kelly set up the meeting to take Bethany down because she was mad that Bethany made, like, albeit a hilarious joke at Kelly's expense at, like, this charity meeting the night before, and she just steamrolled her way in and fucking. It was, it was brilliant on both sides. Like, Bethany held her composure. Someone literally saying the craziest things and, like, acting like a lunatic in front of you. Like, she held her composure so, so well. 
And Kelly did what she did best and she was being nuts. And like, it was just the perfect storm of reality television. But that's not why I wanted to bring this up. I wanted to bring this up because I've just been thinking a lot, you know, about Mm. Housewives. There's a lot happening and we're going to report on it in the Housewives universe as it pertains to OGs. And, you know, when you think OGs, you think the classic five, you know, one from each franchise. But I, um, I'd really forgotten about Jill Zarin. I had. And rewatching Real Housewives of New York has really been a renaissance for me and my relationship with Jill Zarin. When I was in high school, which is when this season aired, I loved Jill. I loved her because I related to her the most. She was like, she reminded me of like a Jewish aunt, you know? Like, she was just. That's me. She hit home. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) She hit home for me, you know? And I wondered if it would have aged the same. And I feel so strongly about Jill. And I haven't gotten to like Jill versus Bethany where I know everyone sided with Bethany. And I don't know if my feelings are going to change, but I wanted to state my feelings because I feel like. Housewives of New York took off so fast and furious and I feel like a lot of it was predicated on like Jill being an icon. Like she was just everything of the sort. And the show is just, it's just unbelievable. Like these, like most of the show was actually filmed in the Hamptons, which is crazy because they all just had huge houses and huge social lives and they were these socialites. Like yeah. it's, it's so crazy. And I went on this Instagram rant just being like, I think we need to pay respect to Jill Zarin. I think a lot of ways, like she's become kind of like the butt of the joke in a lot of ways. Um, and I was like, Jill's always wanting to come back on Housewives. And you just forget actually what she contributed and she contributed a lot. So I just wanted to go on my platform and say that. And like, I did these like impassioned Instagram stories and all these people were responding to me that they have been rewatching and they felt the same way. And I felt like good about my content, you know, and literally my phone, starts ringing and I pick up and it's Jill Zarin and she was like dying over my Instagram stories she was like thank you so much like she was like gonna cry like because I was also talking about how like honestly everyone in the world should find a Bobby like you like when people talk about Bobby now they're like Bobby was all about jail all about jail but you watch it it's like it's next level husband like it is and he's so like dapper and handsome and they are just like goals in every sense of the word and like if you're looking for like couple goals it's Bobby and Jill, I swear. And so I just, and she was like getting all emotional and she was like, I couldn't believe she was calling me. I was like freaking out. And she was calling me from Boca. And it was just like a really unbelievable moment to be me. Wow, that's so beautiful. It I mean, was. You're, you're definitely turning me to start watching it again. I just have like so much on my plate. I don't know if, if I have the bandwidth for that, but I will consider it. I will consider your offer. I cleared my plate into the garbage disposal and I just put Roni on it. And it has been such a pleasure. Interesting. Well, my plate is still full with Love Island. Mm -hmm. I'm still watching a few episodes a day. It's getting better. I mean, it had to have been or else I wouldn't still be watching it. I just am really excited to catch up and like see what's up with the cast. And I have to catch up on Yellowstone. I feel like there's so many shows that you're always talking about that I'm like, yeah, I'm going to watch that. I'm going to watch that. Did you ever watch Drop Dead Diva? Yeah. And I hated it. (gasps) And what? I hated it. Yes, we talked about this. Oh, we did? Okay. Yeah, because like I found the lawyer to be so annoying. Well, like, I love her, Jane. So just, ugh, I, I hated it. So much time has passed since I watched it that I was thinking of like redoing it. It was one of my favorite shows ever. It's on Netflix. Such a good show. I hated her. That's crazy. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Whatever. So without further ado, I guess it's time. Let's just get right into it, into the past five stories that you need to know before you wake up and take a bite out of your morning toast. Okay. First story, big news, a follow-up from a story earlier this week. Cheer star Jerry Harris was arrested on federal child pornography charge. Jerry Harris, the star of Cheer, has been arrested on a federal charge for allegedly producing child pornography. A statement from federal officials confirms that Harris was formally charged in Chicago on Thursday and alleges the Naperville man was arrested today for, quote, allegedly enticing an underage boy to produce sexually explicit videos and photos of himself. Harris, the statement alleges, contacted the underage boy on a social media application, and I was like, he applied for something? That is an app. (laughs) And repeatedly enticed him to produce sexual explicit videos and photographs of himself and send them to Harris, according to a criminal complaint filed in the U.S. District Court in Chicago. The minor victim informed Harris during their initial online encounter that he was 13 years old. Oh my God. The criminal complaint against Harris alleges the boy told his mother that in a bathroom at a cheerleading competition, Harris solicited oral sex from him. The complaint also accuses Harris of admitting to FBI agents of soliciting and receiving child pornography on Snapchat from, quote, at least between 10 to 15 other individuals he knew were minors. Oh, my God. This is really, really serious. And hearing these, like, detailed allegations, like, puts a pit in my stomach. And 
I've just been reading like what people are saying about it because I think the general consensus is like shock and surprise because everyone knows Jerry from the documentary and he was kind of this underdog and everyone was like rooting for him. And last night on Twitter, not Jerry was trending. People are like, not Jerry. And I was reading all these tweets and then um, someone tweeted something actually so interesting about how like why that's such a problematic way of going about it because like it just creates like doubt in people's minds and like the way that people are like reporting on it just like being so shocked and like saying no not Jerry he was so great it's like a really problematic way of talking about it because like it that sense of doubt like makes survivors like not want to speak up because they always feel like they're not going to be believed so I'm not going to be talking about like that way anymore you know what I can't believe it this is disgusting and shame on him wow I never thought of it like that but that makes total sense yeah and it's it's like we don't even, we don't know these people. Yes, we saw Cheer and it feels right. like we got a really good look into their year before Daytona. Right. But you don't know the people that you're watching or that you're following and people are capable of really horrible things. No, this is so crazy. I also think it's really interesting. Well, not interesting, just like interesting. Um, how social media has kind of changed the definition of child pornography. Yes. Because when I hear child pornography, my mind goes to like, like old Law- SVU episodes. Law and Order, yep. With it's like where it's like produced child pornography, whereas social media has actually like kind of blurred the lines of what is considered child child pornography. And I never really thought about it until this particular incident. Yeah. I mean, it hasn't like necessarily blurred the lines, but it's a different form of distribution. Yeah. Yeah. That was the wrong phrase. Sorry. I I agree with you because when you hear the word child pornography, you like, you're not thinking about Snapchat. Right. And when you think of other celebrities who have gotten themselves involved in things like this in more it's the more traditional child pornography i hate saying it's so disgusting i hate even talking about it can we stop talking about it yeah this is disgusting honestly shame on jerry justice for the victims and that's that on that and i will no longer be like jerry no of course not no but that's what people are like shocked and so they can't believe it they're like not jerry well you know what? yes jerry yes jerry i'm so upset disgusting yeah really disgusting um, okay, next story. Stasi Schroeder is addressing Faith Stowers, her Nazi chic remark, Vanderpump Rules, and more on the Tamron Hall show. This is, this is huge. This is huge. Tamron Hall is holding Stasi Schroeder accountable. The forter, former Vanderpump Rules star broke her silence on the Tamron Hall show on Thursday, September 17th, three months after she was fired from the Bravo series. Stasi said, quote, I needed time to process my feelings. I needed time to process what happened. And I feel like one of the most frustrating parts when this all went down was that people expect me to just understand everything immediately and things like that take time. And I felt like it would be better for me to take the time to get a greater understanding of everything and the issues before I opened my mouth again. So I watched a full interview. Did you? Yes. Um, and I thought it was just like fascinating. I feel like I honestly want to give both of them credit because I feel like Stasi. Stassi has fans like no matter what she does like people love her she had a huge platform and yes she definitely lost some followers and some fans but she has a huge platform and in in due time she could recover in whatever way she wants to and like do a podcast and and there are a lot of ways that you can come back and like do an interview and I feel like she took the toughest route possible live television on Tamron who's like a huge advocate for black issues and I feel like I have to give her credit because I think that she could have done a million other interviews, so she could have launched her own podcast and spoken about it there and then yeah. like moved on. People do different things, and I feel like she took the road less traveled, so I have to give her credit for that. I also have to give Tamron credit because I thought she did an amazing job doing the interview. Like, she didn't leave one stone unturned, and she was really tough on Stassi, and I yeah. think a lot of people like on Twitter I saw were like, she dragged Stassi. I, I actually don't feel like she dragged. I feel like she didn't want to leave any stones unturned, and I don't think she wanted her audience to be like disappointed in her for not going at it a hundred percent but then I also felt like she had a lot of sympathy too especially mm-hmm. towards the end talking especially about like with her being pregnant. pregnant and I don't know I just thought I thought Tamron did a really really good job when she either could have like went in on her like so hard and like left her there to you know die or she could have been like, like light on her and then gone shit on Twitter for not going hard enough yeah so I I totally agree with you I think that ultimately at the end of the interview like they reached a better Place, understanding. understanding of each other um I thought Sassy did a good job it, I mean at five months pregnant like to be going through something so public public and and serious it can't and it be, was live it can't be easy and so I agree with you she it was definitely the harder path to take whereas she could have gone back to you know her Instagram and her podcast which like people do it's very common but I also think that if she wants opportunities in tv and on tv that a TV 
referendum mm -hmm. is what's needed to get there. Yeah, and that's what Tamron said, basically, you know, a lot of people are questioning her motives. It's like all these things were happening for you and now they're not. And people are curious if you're only doing this and saying this because... You need a paycheck. And the, because of the financial implications. And I actually thought Stasi had a great answer um, just about how she like wants to be a better person for her daughter. Um, and when I was just reading people's reactions on social media, I feel like when all this happened, like people turned on Stasi or people stayed with Stasi. And I don't know if the interview necessarily changed any hearts and minds. I think the people who stayed with her like believe in her and the people who turned on her and think she's trash like still think she's trash, you know? For sure. But I think a lot of people were disappointed with her and had stayed just disappointed about the situation and now can maybe give her another chance. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I do commend her for doing it five months pregnant. Um, mm -hmm. and, I, and I really respected Tamron for saying that too. Yeah. And I think Tamron asked like some, she asked difficult questions, but she also asked like extremely interesting questions about like, Diversity coaches. Yeah, where do you find a diversity coach? What's um, your homework? <laughs> no, and also in asking about, you know, the financial opportunities that she was having, like she'd lost her podcast in the show and, and this and that. And I feel like she addressed the things that we would talk about, you right. know? And actually, I think she went above and beyond in addressing the, like, the concerns because she even went as far to ask what Stassi's thoughts are about Jax. Like Jax has a really problematic past as well. Does she think Jax to be fired? Which is a tough question to answer when you're saucy because you're trying to, you know, correct your behavior, curve correct, which is a phrase I had actually never heard of, but I'm going to start using it all the time now. Um, and, and you're trying to like learn and educate and better yourself, but you don't want to throw your friends under the bus. Even yeah. though she probably has major opinions on, on Jax. Yeah. But she didn't throw him under no. the bus, which I also think like, I know everyone has an opinion on Jax. I also think that's like a good, like a cool thing for a friend to do is not throw your friend under the bus. And, and this interview was not about Jax. No, no, it wasn't. And she, and she could have went on a tangent and made it about someone else, but she kept the, she, the conversation. She accepted full responsibility. She made no excuses, you know, and I, that's really all you can ask people to do is understand yeah. why what they did was wrong and, and work hard to curve correct and, right. and to, and to be better. Like that's, that's all we can ask of people. Yeah. Nobody's I was perfect. I, I did want to know, um, and, and she didn't touch on if, Faith and Stasi have spoken at all. Like, that's really kind of what I'm curious about. Because to me, like, the greatest victim in all of this is Faith. Because her life, like Tamron said, like, could have been so affected by what Kristen and Stasi did. And I'm just curious um, if they've spoken, if she's spoken to Kristen or if she's spoken to Stasi. I would actually really like to hear from Faith. Yeah. I feel like they haven't spoken, but I don't know anything. I just am theorizing. But I feel like they will speak at some point. Yeah. I mean, they, they have to. Like, they should. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what happens next. I mean, Vanderpump Rules doesn't feel like it's close to coming back. Stassi had said that that chapter is closed. Um, that's just not, you know, I mean, she was fired and that's not the environment she wants to be in in this chapter of her life. Well, I'm curious if, if all of this hadn't happened, if she would have been on the show pregnant. It's just not like a pregnant friendly show. I think that she would have. And I think that's something that she sort of touched on is like when she said like um, that this like needed to happen to her you know, she probably would have continued on that path being on the show and just being, you know, her, like, who she was. And this has been a wake-up call in all areas of her life, it seems. Yeah. Well, good for her. Yeah. Um, good for Tamron, truly. Um, I thought she did a great job. And, yeah, this yeah. Is just, it was just an interesting saga to unfold, to, like, watch unfold. Yeah. Um, next up, some more Bravo news. NeNe Leakes is leaving Real Housewives of Atlanta. Quote, it wasn't an easy decision. This is crazy. After months of discussion between her team and Bravo, Real Housewives of Atlanta star NeNe Leakes will not be returning to the hit franchise th for 13th season. Quote, I have been on an extremely, extremely long exhausting, tiring, emotional negotiation, she revealed to her fans via her YouTube channel on Thursday. There's been a lot of emotion flying from both sides. It has been hard, and I've made the very hard and very difficult decision to not be a part of Real Housewives of Atlanta season 13. It wasn't an easy decision for me. It was hard. Okay, so this is where I feel like we're at a really big crossroads with Housewives, because so many of the OGs are like starting to phase out. Like we lost Tamara, who wasn't an OG, but season two, we lost Vicky. Um, Bethany is gone. I feel like it's just Lisa Vanderpump. Lisa Vanderpump. I just feel like it's such an interesting time. And if Nene Leakes wasn't an OG, and like I've been watching the last few seasons, like what if she suggested she be fired? Like she, at some point, you don't become a good housewife when like you don't take accountability for any of your actions, and like you just think you're better than everyone. Like Teresa Judy syndrome. Like I made this show. This is my show. And Nene had that. But given the fact that she's an OG, it's, like, so hard to let them go. Um, 
even though like when I was watching, I was just like over her behavior. Like I just didn't like her attitude with the rest of the women. Yeah, I agree with you. I feel like it is hard to let an OG go, but I don't feel like it was hard to let Vicky Gumbelson no. go. And Trash. also like Nini left the show. Yes, that's so true. To me, like that's not an OG anymore. Like I don't we don't even consider Luann an OG and she spent one season as friend of housewife. She never even left the show. Jackie, I've been dying on this hill for years. The fact that Luann Delaseps does not get the respect she deserves, like, especially so now crazy. rewatching because one season she got demoted to friend of housewife and she made it back and not only did she make it back, she made it back and she made it better. I feel like that's so unfair, but you're right. We consider Nini an OG, uh, an OG, but she left to become a star in LA. Yeah, like I don't consider Nini an OG, and I also at last season didn't consider Bethany an OG. Like Bethany um, left too. That's true. That's true. Like the only OGs left are Ramona, Ramona Teresa. Teresa, and Kyle Richards. Wow, that's crazy. Like, they, like, they must be freaking out. Um. Well, it seems like it was a negotiation. Like, Nini could, no one fired Nini. Like, right. I think she could have gone back if she really wanted to, but like, for the amount of money that they were willing to give her, it she didn't want to come back. I mean, it's just crazy. I feel like this is just an interesting moment in like reality TV history because Housewives is such a blockbuster franchise built on the backs of these ogs but eventually everything has to phase out and change and time moves on and it's like where do we go from here is there any franchise left that doesn't have an og well oc and i think that's a real indicator of of where of where it went but the ogs were bringing it down i don't know i think the ogs are like such a nice idea and like i really I'm, i'm someone who like likes that having that history and in certain instances, I'm like, Ramona Singer needs to stay on Real Housewives of New York forever, and we'll talk about it in the recap, and that is a hill that I think I'm going to die on. Okay. Teresa Judice should go. Yeah. Because to, to, Ramona has never said, this is my show. Which is, honestly, for me, if you're an OG and you have that attitude or those words even come out of your mouth, like, that is when you're done for me. Yeah, no, and that is Teresa to a T. That was Kyle, Vicky. Kyle Richards, while she may act like it, she has never, ever said that. Agreed. I also think it's not so much about being an OG, but really what you contribute. And even though I didn't agree with her this season, Kyle was at the center of it all. Like, she was moving pieces. Yeah, she was playing chess with Bobby Fischer. There's like, no call to for Kyle to no longer be on the show. Like, Kyle is... A, She's a great housewife. She but is. But, like, even with this most recent season of, of Atlanta, like, Nini, especially towards the beginning of the season, was on bad terms with everyone. So it's like the show, at its core, is about a group of friends. So if you're not friends with anyone, what what? there's no reason left for you to be on the show. Yeah. And I just think that Nini, like, hated all the women. And I think, I think in a lot of ways, like, Nini... 100% like built the Atlanta franchise like you cannot deny it like she has been gift memed and posted more than any housewives in housewives history and she is so iconic and I feel like you know she claims ownership of the show in a lot of ways and the show made a star out of so many women and these are women that at a lot of points she doesn't get along with so there is that resentment and that is a huge problem but honestly maybe this opens up a moment for Marlo Hampton to like finally be made a housewife yeah because I feel like justice one of these days must be served for Marlo Hampton She's the most, she has been the most entertaining person on the show for the last five years, and she doesn't, has never held a peach before. That's crazy. And she has an interesting personal life, especially this season where she was taking on her niece and nephew full-time custody. Like, there's a lot going on there. Let's, let's learn about it. Yeah, that's really crazy. I don't know. I don't find this Nini news, like, so surprising. But no, that's also either. because she's left before. That's, like, when Bethany left New York, like, fool me once. That's true. Fool me twice. It's just, it's just a big deal, like, because I think, I feel like things are changing. And I hate change. I think that things are changing, but I think they, they are changing for the better because we watch some of these housewives and, and we are like the biggest housewife stands of all times. But like for us, it feels like a chore right now. And there's something that needs to change. The formula is old. Something has to give in order to have like the next iteration of housewives. And I think some franchises are getting there. Yeah. Some are not. That's true. I mean, now watching old housewives, I actually think the show has changed. The, the structure of the show has changed so much. So little used to happen in a show. Like literally every meal was like, was like the biggest deal. Whereas now it's like, there's a million lunches, a million parties all in one episode. Yeah. So I do think that they've, shifted the structure of the show but there is something definitely holding us back in a lot of ways yeah and And I I don't know necessarily what it is if it's the cast members if it's the fame that comes with the show that stops you from doing certain things on the show and thinking of yourself in like a certain way you know 
I think it's, I don't know. it's a similar problem the Bachelor franchise has where it's almost a little bit self-destructive because the way in which the show catapults people to fame not only makes it like toxic in a lot of ways and makes people not actually be their true selves, it also makes people so heavily dependent on the show financially. Yeah. It's like Ramona. I don't think Ramona could live without the show financially. I mean, I'm watching now. I told you season two. I don't know if I mentioned it. Um, I totally forget that Ramona was a working woman. RM Fashions. Yeah. She that's what to, she's always trying to say. And she was saying that to Leah last night. Like, she, that she's self-made. Yeah. Like, she used to buy bulk retail, like, overstocked items and resell to, like, wholesale distributors. And she had this little office. Oh, my God. Like, I totally forgot about all that. I always think she, like, worked with Mario at True Faith. But no, they were totally separate. Yeah, no. She, eventually, she starts her housewife businesses. Right. But she was a businesswoman before that. Also, season two, I just think it's worth noting that Ramona was still working on her skincare. True Renewal. Remember with the lime green packaging? But doesn't that one come out? Like, not really. Because True Renewal is different than Ageless. But it's the same concept. Ramona's like being obsessed with skincare and like never really getting it off the ground. And that's why Bethany, like, Bethany's at her house now in season two, like trying her product. And Bethany, when... Everyone thought she was really harsh with Ramona like a couple seasons ago saying she didn't have a formula. It's like, Bethany's been on this journey for 10 years. Got Release it. the product. Yeah. Yeah. That's annoying. But also a little more Housewives related news and we can uh, talk about it all together is that word on the street is that Kathy Hilton is reportedly in talks to join Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Kathy uh, Hilton, the half sister of Kyle Richard, of Kim Richards and Kyle Richards. Wait, They're half sisters? Wait, what? That's what Page Six just said. Wait, what? That's crazy. Kathy, Kim, and Kyle are half sisters. sisters. I guess the they have the same mom, right? And then the, maybe they have different dads. That's because crazy. also Kathy Hilton is ten years older than Kyle. Oh, so a lot can happen in ten years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, you learn something new every day. You, you really do. Kathy was approached to join the Bravo show. TMZ reported on Thursday, the sixty-one-year-old mother of Paris and Nikki was offered the role of friend, meaning she would be making oh. regular appearances, but she would not hold a diamond. This is not the first time Kathy Hilton, who has made appearances in the past, has been considered for the show. Page Six reported in twenty fifteen that she was approached to. T- approach to take Kyle's place if she was to quit. Oh. And I also think that was during the time when American Kyle, woman. N- Kyle and Kathy were like beefing. Yeah, I mean, Kathy Hilton is far too prestigious to be friend of Housewife. I'm sorry. I actually think, even though we were having this discussion yesterday, like bona fide celebrities like Denise Richards, I don't think are good for the franchise, but I don't consider Kathy Hilton to be she's, a bona fide celebrity. She's a bona fide socialite, which is exactly what the real housewives are supposed she's to be. She's very well connected to celebrities, but she herself is really not a celebrity. No, she, she really is. The, and I think that's why Kyle is such a great housewife because she is that, the same. you know, figure in the community, not a celebrity, not someone that we that we know, but a deeply interesting person. But I have to say like, this doesn't do anything for me. No, I, her as a full-time castmate would do a lot for me. For but me, it wouldn't because, and I have to blame Kim Richards, who has turned me off to watching family. any sibling drama take place on Real Housewives. So I guess you and I just could never go on together. Okay, fine, I'll do it. <laughs> um, yes, I agree with you, but I do think a cast of Kathy Hilton brings us closer to this like Kris Jenner moment that we were like living for. Literally, my favorite episode of Housewives this season was the children's hospital party yeah. at Kyle's house because it was so star-studded. It was OG, like, housewives, like, uh, Adrian and Brandy were there. But then, like, literally, Chris Jenner and Kathy Hilton were there. And I feel like if we get closer to, like, the housewives of Beverly Hills being, like, actual, real, like, true, famous, rich, like, I just feel like it could be really good. It could be really good. I personally believe that Chris Jenner will never be a housewife of Andy ever. addressed it. Yeah. On Radio Andy, like, because there were so many people were talking about it the second that Denise quit. Um, and he said, he made it seem like there was no talks in progress, but even though what people want it, he can't imagine her being on a show where she's not like the producer and has control over everything. Whereas like when you're a castmate on Housewives, like production and editing, like that's all out of your hands. Yeah. Whereas she literally edits on iMovie, the episodes of Keeping Up With The Kardashians. Right. I, while I think it would be incredible if she were, I don't think that she ever will be. And so even having Kathy Hilton like that will not get us one step closer to Chris, maybe like more Chris adjacent scenes. Um, I don't know. I, I would accept Kathy Hilton, but, like, that's not what I'm itching for. You know, I'm honestly itching for, like, another Sutton's track. Like, someone who's really, really, really rich. Not super well-known, but has a very interesting life. Yeah. 
they've really done some hits and misses in Housewives Beverly Hills history. I feel like Catherine Edwards like was a good idea in theory, but very poor in execution. But her connection to OJ and then like the Faye Resnick, like that was definitely interesting, but she herself was not anything. Yeah, but that is not a housewife make. Like it, it is interesting to have um like a historic like backstory yeah. that, you know, we can under like we can be like, oh, like you're a almost like a historical figure to yes. us. But that doesn't carry the episodes. I feel like Carlton Jebbia was an amazing cast because she was very, very rich, which like is really the only thing that I care about. But she had such an interesting she family was and very, home very life. strange. Very strange. And honestly, I feel like Erica Jane was an amazing cast because she was the same. She was very niche famous. Like she was very, very well known in like the gay EDM scene, which is very niche. But she herself had such an interesting life, like with her older husband oh, and her course. palace with the with the church in it. Like she was an amazing um person to cast. Yeah, I agree with you about Carlton. I really liked her. I don't me think too. she got a fair shake. No, me neither. Also, um, like, and I feel like Teddy Mellencamp was a really kind of obvious choice and not that deep where it's like famous father. Like, you know, like... <laughs> wow, like you sound like Denise. <laughs> no, no, I mean, she, she, but she got on the show because of her dad. Of course, yeah, yeah. No, I'm like half kidding. Half. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, well, it'll be interesting to see what happens. It's yeah. always fun to theorize. It is a very interesting moment in a lot of franchises. I think it's a very interesting moment in New York. I think New York, it's the most interesting moment. Like, I think actually Beverly Hills, Denise could leave and they don't need to hire anyone else. Agreed. And Sutton and her ex-husband can figure out how to make her a full-time and we're set. And I think with Atlanta, the same as well. I think the show is really, really good, even without Nene. Yeah. It's just, like, sad for the OGs. But I agree. New York, I think, is... And, and we'll see where OC takes us. But New York is at this fascinating crossroads. Yeah. Fifth and final story before we talk about the fascinating crossroads that is Real Housewives of New York. Ashley Tisdale is pregnant with her first child. I love Ashley Tisdale. Ashley She's just Tisdale like, is going to be a mom. Like a non-problematic, non-controversial queen. Just like living in her Malibu house, making TikToks about High School Musical. Like, what else can you ask from a former Disney star? No, you really can't ask you can't. much. The High School Musical star confirmed that she's expecting her first child with husband Christopher French. The couple shared photos where Tisdale showed off her bump in a white gown while posing next to French, who was also dressed in white. He also posted the news to his Instagram page. Very so sweet. many pregnancies. So many pregnancies. Gigi Hadid has really been like giving us premium content. At first she was like so quiet and now it's like we got full-fledged photo shoot and she looks so good. Ashley Tisdale looks so cute. Even Stassi was a lot more far along than I like. Yeah. Time is just moving so fast. Time is moving so fast. She's five months along, which is crazy. Like five months just went by like that. Emma Roberts, Morgan mm-hmm. Stewart. Yep. Everyone's pregnant. Yeah. Malika. Well, not anymore. But not anymore. But I have a lot of thoughts about Malika. Oh, okay, cool. Do you want to get right into it? What do you want to start with? Let's start with Kardashians because okay, we literally cool. just spoke so much about Housewives. Like, I think we, we need, need a, a break. break. Okay. Um. So honestly, it was like a really boring episode. Agreed. And I felt really confused because I feel like the last time we heard from the house uh, from the Kardashians, it was like Courtney's done, and I literally saw her more than ever this episode. Courtney should become a real housewife of Beverly Hills. No, I don't agree. First of all, she thinks filming is so toxic. They literally film way more on Housewives and they, they take like full-fledged trips like 24-7. Yeah, but I think she doesn't like filming with her sisters because they're like mean to her because everyone's oh, Wait till she meets a housewife. I know, but like... At I, least her sisters have to love her and have I her back. I think like Courtney and Teddy could be friends and I think that would be interesting. I mean, it would definitely... I would be up for it, but yeah. I don't think she would do it. Like, I don't think Kim should do it. I don't think Chloe would be a fit, but I actually think Courtney like could be and a And Courtney's fit. actually like the same age as like Teddy. Yeah. Oh, that would be interesting, Just think actually. about it. Sit yeah. on it. Um, that's crazy. It's like between Chris or Courtney. Right. No, it's... You actually forget... And that's forget. the way it's going to... Like, the tides will turn. Yes. You actually also forget... I, I feel like the Kardashians are literally 25. No, but they're I... they're 40. I know. They're real, like, mom age. They're real housewife age. It's crazy. They didn't, like, get famous until, you know... So late in life. Yeah. Well, late... Considering, like, you would, it feels like they got famous at 18, but it was really like 28. Yeah, like when Kim was with Paris, like, I feel like she was 15. No, no, she was like almost 30. No. Yeah, when she was, Kim like, 20... was with Paris, she was probably like 22 or 23. Oh. Maybe I... they've just been famous now for so long. Yeah. No, but I feel like when they started their show, like, Courtney was over 25. Yeah, I think she might have even been 30. How long have they been on TV? I don't know. We'll have to do the math another time. Um, okay, but back to this episode. So I didn't really understand why I literally got more Courtney than ever. And it was like all so... Right, I thought we all made the decision that she was going to stop filming. And the poosh content was just like a giant no for me. Even though at the end, like I, at first I was like, why is this thread of the cuddle sanctuary like being weaved throughout the whole episode? Like it literally didn't stop. And then at the end, like I, I kind of understood. But like it was a really like a lot of Courtney content. And like I have... 
absolutely no interest in learning about the employees from Poosh. Like, I'm sure they're lovely girls and I'm sure they're amazing, but like, I don't need them as cast members, like at all. At all. It was so annoying. Like, first of all, that the, the main storyline is Poosh. When I thought that we hadn't parted ways with Courtney, we all said our goodbyes. And I made major inner peace with that. Major inner peace. And it's like, not only are we getting Courtney back on the show, it's like, her personal projects like Poosh, which absolutely nobody asked for. This whole cuddling storyline was like making me cringe, honestly, like because like watch it, like the thought of all the cuddling, I, I literally couldn't fathom. Oh, wait, I have two things to say. Courtney looked so much like Kim this episode. Did you think that? No. Oh my God. Like I think maybe she's just been like heavily influenced by Kim's style, like with her hairstyle. I could not tell them apart. Like it was really freaking me out. Oh wow. I also think that Kim was really busy this particular week when they were filming because she wasn't in the episode that much and Courtney was like forced to pick up a little bit of the slack like Kim was just like busy saving the world. But I also think that the agreement that they came to when Courtney said she wasn't going to film anymore was that she want, like she would only be filming like her personal projects which is like the Oof. absolute worst. Yeah, or when she did Clean Con. Like that's the shit like we really don't want to see. Really don't want to see. Um, but there were some highlights in the episode and honestly, um, usually um, I'm like over like the ancillary like secondary character storylines like the pranks like no 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 not that I, li- I I like but like the Malikas the Jonathan Chabon but I actually thought that the Malika storyline was fascinating I think that she literally was the most beautiful pregnant woman I'd ever seen in my life and like I actually really like was like hurting for her like I I know like the feeling of being so overwhelmed is like one thing but like while you're pregnant like dealing with all this drama with like your ex-boyfriend um I like actually really appreciated the insight into it because I had some questions myself about yeah. like her situation and I thought Chloe threw her like literally the most beautiful baby shower I'd ever seen in my life. The most beautiful baby shower of all time. I remember when we saw it on Instagram and I think we reported it on the show like it was like bear themed. Yeah. And it was just so fucking cute. And even on Instagram it couldn't capture like really how beautiful it was because like I saw a lot of balloons and like those look like condoms but like with the full picture and seeing it on Kardashians like it was stunning. And everyone wearing like a, a shade of nude or brown. It was just Ear- beautiful. And, and the ears. The ears. So cute. Who do we think paid for it? Chloe paid for the whole Chloe. thing? That's so nice. But I also think that the Kardashians like get really good deals on the parties that they do because like they work with those vendors all the time. So Chloe just used her connections and then picked up the bill at the end, which is like what regular people do if a friend is throwing a baby shower. Like right. not at that level, but right. But it's all relative. Um, I thought really interesting how the Beermans were there. Did you catch them? Yes, I did. I saw Brielle and Cam loved it. I know that they're friends with Malika, so you just love like a real house. Darcy Wang was there because they're friends from oh. their time on um, Famous in Love. Oh my god, that show! That I forgot show. about that show. That show is like a little diamond in the rough. They got actually a lot of good people. Yeah, and Randy Glanville was she on it? Yeah, yeah, she was on it. She was on a different season. Um, Ronnie Magra was on it. Oh, and he dated. Malika. Malika, yeah. Wow, that's such an interesting like caps- time capsule. It is really interesting. Um, so I thought that the the episode was like a little boring. Actually, Aubrey really- O'Day. That's where she met Polly. By the way, also justice for Aubrey O'Day. There's like a lot going on with her. Have you been seeing? I've seen some things. I just like whatever it is that she's doing. Like maybe she's photoshopping her photos. Like the fact that her body has become national news. Like I can't imagine the pit that she has. Like. That's not right. And no one would do that to a man. So I'm taking Aubrey O'Day's side. I don't care that she facetunes her photos. Like, so do I. Yeah, I don't care that she facetunes her photos. And, like, people just, like, now, like, out to get her, making her look as bad as possible in photos just to prove that she's facetuning. Like, justice for her. Yeah. Um, But back to Kardashians. It was a fun. It was actually, like, kind of a boring episode. But I actually really enjoyed the the prank. I just love the pranks. I think that Kris Jenner, like, just deserves everything in the world so like seeing she's my actually become one of my favorite characters on the show yeah no but also watching chloe in the dumpster like there were certain shots where she like looked like chris like in yes. the face yes of course. they I mean, did a really mom. yeah i know but like they did a really good job with the makeup and like even though there were times where i was like is chris acting like does she know mm-hmm. you know it was kind of annoying but like i didn't even care i was like okay so it's my scripted show now also the footage when chris realized and like they have her her face paused and like all the effects i was dying laughing i was so confused at first because i thought that they i forget that this is the same season as what we've just been on a break yeah. So I was so confused. I'm like, didn't Chris Jenner see watch the episodes yeah. live? And then it dawned on me that actually, like, this is like the next week. They just made, took a huge break because of coronavirus. Interesting. I was really confused. Okay. Yeah. No, I I thought the same. That I was like, no. Like, how is she falling for like, the same prank twice? I was like, maybe it aired the week later. Like, I don't know. Yeah, but I, I think I figured it out. Yeah. Towards the end, but I was majorly confused. No, it was, but it, it's nice to have them back. I, I definitely missed Kim. The season looks like it'll be good and very real 
And so I'm excited. Yeah. Um, now it's to Real Housewives of New York part two reunion. Tinsley was there for the majority of it. It was still very much like Dorinda versus Tinsley. Tinsley just like she... She is beauty and she's grace. She really is. And like, I've always really liked her, but she's always been really impossible to defend because she can't defend herself. And like, she just found, I hate the phrase, like found Found your voice. voice. But like, she really found her voice. When they did a flashback to her in Sonia's garden, talking about her mugshot to Carol and Ramona. I was like, who is that? Yes. And I was like, wow, she really has grown up a lot. And I think that in a lot of ways, like, the show was obviously good for her celebrity, but I think it was actually good for her confidence. I think so too. Yeah. yeah. It was. And I remember that's like kind of the journey that she was going on. Like she really, when she showed up, she was like still trying to be Tinsley Mortimer from like 2007. Socialite, curly and hair. I think also credit where it's due, Carol really helped her get out of that shell. Like yes. when she made her cut her hair mm-hmm. and they were like, you know, she was hanging out downtown and I think it's been really good for her and it was nice to see her stick up for herself like after a season of watching her get completely shot on yeah and I just feel like this episode did for me what it just like reinforced everything that I feel like I literally cannot stand Dorinda like as a human being I just think she's an awful person and I guess you don't know people from TV but like just what I've seen I really don't like I was getting frustrated with Leah because I feel like she's so reasonable and such a voice of reason but her Achilles heel is that she's friends with Dorinda and I would have loved to like seen her go in and like give her Leah McSweeney one two to Dorinda because she really fucking needed it agreed Ramona Singer, I just feel like I'm on this bridge with her where it's like she's insane, but I love that she is the only one who really goes after Dorinda and points out how unreasonable she's being, but Ramona herself is like such a hypocrite that it's hard to be on her side, but she is so iconic. She's so iconic, and like, I don't, there's something this season, I've never really thought so much about Ramona Singer before, but especially after last night's episode and the journey that we went on with Ramona and Leah, where Ramona was really wrong about a lot of things that she did to Leah, but eventually they came to this understanding, and Leah even, like, admitted, you know, Ramona being, like, a maternal figure to her, and then, like, turning on her really brings up some shit for her. Abandonment issues. I don't know. I just like, I really like the place that they got to and like Ramona getting up and doing the elbow bump. Like I just, no, but I really like, I just, I really like Ramona as a, a housewife. I really do. And I think the comparisons that like if Dorinda goes like Ramona needs to go, like I don't, I don't know where they come from. No, I think that Ramona, first of all, had like kind of a, a realization that Leah is like really like the future of the show. And I know Ramona relies so heavily on the show financially that the, she like, she will do, you'll have to pry the show from her cold dead hands. And I think she knew like she had to get with Leah. The thing is, I actually think Ramona is like so not like self-aware in that regard. Like, oh, everyone loves Leah. I need to go be team Leah. It's like, everyone loves Leah. I need to take her down. No, 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 no. I, I don't think, I, I didn't mean it in that way. I meant like, Ramona's finance like future stability depends on this show and I think not like everyone likes Leah I need to like Leah Bravo needs Leah I need Leah yeah no I think she would see Bravo needs Leah and it would make her like go into aggressive mode not self-preservation I think that I think that that's what happened and I think she like before the reunion she had a huge realization like that she needs Leah on her side I don't think Ramona unfortunately that would that would make Ramona like a smart you know self-aware person I don't think she thinks like that I do I think that's how she's managed to stay on the show for so long and I also think that like when she's speaking and even when she's saying like when you're just like please say sorry or like please say you would have done it that way like she doesn't say shit she doesn't mean like she doesn't like uh, yes she's always apologizing which she says next week is actually really funny she's like yeah it's better than always denying like Dorinda like she really is sorry when she says that she's sorry and like it might take her a while to end up at that conclusion, mm-hmm. like with this stuff with Leah's mental health. But wh- by the time she realized like what she had done and she said, I wish I brought it up straight with you. She meant that. Yeah, of course. You of know? course. Of course. I just think that there is a little bit of a method to her madness. Like you don't stay on the show for so long and really stay like the star of it for so long when you're just like running and chasing after every feeling you have. Like there is a little bit of strategy in it. Yeah, and I, but I think the strategy is like I'm going to chase after every feeling that I have because I'll always be in the mix. I think that Sonia was literally a mute during last night's episode. She was completely irrelevant. Yeah. Which is so unlike her. Because she didn't take any sides this season. She was just always showing up, you know, drunken sailor. Mm-hmm. And she's just the lovable Sonia, but like she's not germane to the conflict. She's not germane to the conflict episode title. <laughs> um, also, why I loved last night's episode is because I feel like, and now... I'm rewatching Real Housewives of New York from the start. I don't know if I mentioned that, but I love Luann so much, and I and I remember loving her, and I love I've always loved her, even at her worst. And I feel like the women really gave her credit last night for how much progress she's made, and just being like, 
you know, no matter what point you're at in your life, and like she was talking about her dad, like you can always get better and like you can always move forward. And that's all we can expect from people. And I just like, I feel like in so many ways she's the countess and she's annoying and whatever, but like she really is this like resilient person. And I just stand till the day I die. Sorry, I said it. Yeah, and we think now, like, she's resilient because she got arrested and did her probation. But, like, no, she's resilient because if you watch season one, to go from where she was to where she is now, like, that's the resilience. To, like, she has literally been on a journey to go from, it's crazy to watch, you totally forget. Like, she was it. Like, everyone in the group wanted to be her friend. She was the, definitely the most prestigious cast to person to get cast on the show like I think it was a big deal when Bravo got her and she just had this fall from grace and it kept getting worse yeah and I feel like now she's really at the point where she's picked herself back up and she's standing on her own two feet and she's like really successful in her own weird space and I'm really I'm impressed by that and I love people who grow and evolve yeah and I also do like I find myself on her side when she is like when the drama happens you know yeah, like she's, she's very, very like she's a friend of Dorinda but like she's willing to call her out I don't think she likes to get her hands too dirty but I I do feel like with and I also like the friendship between her and Lee I think the two of them are just like like adults yeah yeah like people who I want to hear from yeah the episode was it was good it was a little exhausting to just keep going back and forth between Dorinda and Tinsley because they weren't really getting anywhere and they were just like talking over each other and like people were butting in Ramona was butting in Leah was butting in they were literally talking over each other and like Dorinda's apologizing while Tinsley's talking and then like doesn't stop talking to hear what Tinsley's saying it's like that's not an apology and I completely am with Tinsley on any apology from Dorinda is far too little too late no I'm completely with Tinsley I'm so happy for her I think that ultimately like the journey that she took and this is crazy. I think that she's a really good example. Like, I, I remember when Bethany said, like, this girl is setting women back. Right. Um, but I think, ultimately, it, it didn't become about, like, wanting to choose um, a man over your career. Like, it became about, like, choosing love over fame. Right. It, and, by the way, that is so well put. Yeah. And at the time, the lead up to it really seemed like she would be choosing Scott over herself and her career in New York and being a housewife. But I don't think that that was the reality. I think that she chose love and a hap- and like happiness over fame and all the things that comes with it. So I feel like that's probably where her and some of the women like couldn't like Dorinda sees it totally as like giving yourself up for a man. Whereas I think Leah and maybe even Ramona and Luann feel like, no, 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 you gave up. And and Ramona and Luann would never give up the fame. Like literally, like I said, they will not give it up. And so they can't even imagine. So to see someone do it at the, at the top of their game, this young girl literally give it all up for like a life and love and a fairy tale. Like they can't relate. They can't, imagine doing it but they respect it they respected it and then again so I respected them for giving Tinsley the Credit. kudos that she deserved yeah. and also she didn't she wasn't hasty about it she talked to Bravo she talked to her producers Andy was on her side Andy too. was on her side she went about it in the right way but she chose like a happiness and I'm happy for her I agree I think in the end like there were some really low points for her on the show and I think she couldn't have gotten to this moment without those low points but for a while I was like damn I, I agreed with Bethy like this girl's setting back women like two decades yeah but it she was never really good at expressing herself and I think at the end like it all came together in this like beautiful way and I think that Real Housewives of New York ended up being like an amazing thing for Tinsley and Tinsley added her own flair to the show like she was definitely a good a perfect cast like she was a former socialite like it was perfect and I think this chapter closing it's beautiful yeah and I actually think that Tinsley owes Dorinda a debt of gratitude because Dorinda made Tinsley so likable yes which is something that I never thought we, a place we would get to because like Tinsley was just always like being so cringy you were like a very rare Tinsley, Tinsley stan but most Housewives fans did not like Tinsley yeah no I I, I, can, I completely understood why she was really hard to like but Dorinda made her likable by being so vicious mean. to her so she should send her flowers so we have one more episode I don't know what more they could talk about literally like I think they're gonna go back in on Ramona and Dorinda Ugh, I mean Dorinda it's just exhausting like I would love to for everyone to go in on Dorinda but it's absolutely exhausting to like watch her argue with women because first of all she's just all over the place she deflects deflects and she never actually gets held accountable and she never actually apologizes so it's like fruitless it's fruitless you know if, if she could like have a come to Jesus moment and be like yeah I saw myself this season that's not who I want to be I think we're all look at Tinsley we're all capable look at the way that we perceive Tinsley we are all capable of changing our opinions about people based on on their growth but when when you're doubling down right I feel like the housewives community is actually very forgiving in the sense like someone can act like an animal but if they own it like completely I think it actually makes people makes fans respect the housewife more but the worst thing you can do is double down on really poor behavior and like not give a shit and not 
apologize because then it's like you're you're disposable in the franchise like no one wants to watch that yeah or like you can double down here and there like if you really believe something but like to not apologize at all like everyone even our favorite housewives like they probably have one thing to apologize for yeah, from the season but to not be able to see yourself in the wrong ever yeah is a really bad quality as a human being and a housewife yep and that's what Ramona said last night to Dorinda. She was like, your Achilles heel is that you can never be long and it is going to be your detriment. And I actually think that that is why she got fired. That's actually very well put. Yeah. Ramona. Ramona. I mean, Ramona says things like that and then she doesn't know how to pronounce kudos. Is it kudos? Oh, tsunami? Always tsunami? Is it tsunami? She's, she's so funny. Like, you know, but that's why she's a legend. Literally her getting up and going to the bathroom and forgetting her mask. When she paused. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I feel like we've all been there. Where it was so real. It like, was so, but then also when it was a lunch break, all the women got up and everyone was yelling at her to get her mask. Like everyone forgot their mask. And everyone's yeah. like. By the way, that's life. It's like you go to a restaurant and like you don't have to wear your mask at a restaurant. Then you get up to go to the bathroom and literally you pause <laughs> as you're walking because you realize you forgot your mask. Yeah. It was so funny. And her clear mask has just become like this iconic thing for her. She's just come out with merch honestly that would be really funny oh my god so it was a good episode it was fine um wraps up next week and then our docket gets kind of cleared because we're done with beverly hills in new york but then salt lake city starts in november which is kind of far salt lake city is gonna make me really want to go to utah like yes. i can already i can already feel it in my bones and then don't be tardy so we have it's a, it's an exciting time to be a bravo fan yep it is and it's an exciting time to be a jew because it's rosh hashanah tonight oh, right so to all our jewish followers we hope you have a sweet happy and healthy shana new year tuba, shana tuba, um enjoy time with your family put your phone down if you're not jewish feel free to use this as a renaissance anyway because i'm done with this year so i'm starting new year yeah on everyone, monday it's new year new me everyone's like when 2020 is over but it's like it's over for the us shana is over the shana is over you know you can start again like you could start your new year tomorrow if you want to unfortunately like Rosh Hashanah means we're one step closer to Yom Kippur which it, is it actually means we are 10 days away Oof. we're gonna start the countdown here Woof. at the toast okay Woof, I'm ready to smell the breath Woof. by the way I didn't even think about can you imagine Yom Kippur breath in a mask no I know and some people were saying like at least you won't have to smell other people's breath because of the mask I'm like I'm not concerned with other people's well breath. I like, am but I'm more concerned with my own and my own in a mask is going to be toxic deadly <laughs> deadly so when you're at temple if you're going to temple this year pray for us and our breath okay yes and if you're not doing anything have an amazing weekend don't drink and drive have a good time and we'll see you on monday i hope you guys enjoyed today's episode thank you so much for listening to the morning toast the millennial morning show where we deliver the past five stories that you need to know before you wake up and take a bite out of your morning toast every weekday monday through friday on youtube so if you're watching us on youtube please feel free to subscribe and give this video a thumbs up we're also available as a podcast and we're podcasting we found and now we're newly available on amazon music they now have podcasts so you can listen to us there but you can also listen to us on spotify iTunes, Stitcher, Public Radio, IR Radio, CastBox, all the places. So wherever you listen to podcasts, find us, The Morning Toast, and leave a five-star review about how beautiful, stunning, and smart we are. We love you guys so much. Thank you for an amazing week, and we will see you on Monday. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye.